0: On today's episode of Sports Medicine Weekly, Dr. Brian Cole and I discuss the importance of sleep for wellness. Not getting enough sleep may negatively impact how you respond to stress, your memory, the immune system, cardiovascular health, and your mood. But first, many thanks to our sponsors, including Vericel. They develop, manufacture, and market autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit VCell V C E L dot com. And we hope you have tried Karen Mulkins' new protein brownie bar and superfood bars—best tasting bars in the market. They're certified gluten-free, paleo, no added sugar karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on amazon and at karen malkin k-a-r-e-n m-a-l-k-i-n.com i'm joined by dr brian cole as usual and uh, dr cole boy i know i get enough sleep every night i really feel that way uh i know you don't because your hours are crazy you're up early and um i'm sure you're uh Uh, trying to get everything you can done the night before, plus with your family. Uh, You're a very busy guy, but let's talk a little bit, if we can, for our uh, podcast listeners here, the importance of sleep for wellness because, let's face it, it is critical, isn't it? Steve,
1: it is, and it's interesting that sleep is largely one of those things that's part of recovery. You know, in essence, we talk about uh, exercise and fitness, and in some ways, that's uh, a, a reductionist maneuver. In other words, it, dist- it it breaks down our muscles. We see fatigue, lactic acid buildup, and and there's sort of a, a process that sets us in reverse, if you will, with heavy levels of exercise. So we always talk about recovery. And you know, Steve, we talked about recovery in our in our high level athletes how important it is to to allow them to sort of get up and go the next day. and We speak to nutrition and massage therapy and contrast baths and all these other things. But, you know, not everyone has access to those things, but everyone does have access to sleep. And sleep is, in many ways, rejuvenative, if you will. And we've learned a lot about sleep uh, in terms of how we we manage uh, to accomplish it. And I would tell you that it helps our immune system. It helps our energy levels. And in those of you who are fanatics about exercise, uh, it can help with recovery. So it's really one of those prongs that sort of keeps us all going.
0: let's talk about exercise uh because let's face it you know we tear our bodies down in the gym and um we really uh talk to us a little bit if you can and tell us about the importance of sleep for recovery right i mean uh, I, i love getting a good workout and i'm sore and i also feel better you know if i work out anytime during the day you know a number of hours later i feel so much better than if i don't work out we've talked about that but um boy the recovery process uh, during that uh, REM sleep is is really vital, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I would argue that there's uh, there's actually an endocrine or hormonal axis, if you will, that is active when we're sleeping, that is not active when we're not. So sleep is part of our our, our, our uh, adrenal system, if you will, in terms of how things are regulated, our internal cortisol levels, which is really our sort of our body's internal steroids. And um, there are things that happen during sleep that just don't happen during waking hours that our our body is allowed to do. So as I mentioned, it can help with our immune system. It can help with uh, proper balance of the uh, uh, endocrine system in our body in terms of how things are produced, and it aids in just overall recovery. So it's – and then the other things that it's involved with is is related to memory. There's been uh, numerous research studies that have looked at sleep and its role in preserving memory um, and how we respond to stress. Uh, as well as even our cardiovascular system and mood. So there's so many attributes. But for our athletic, active population out there, they just should think of sleep as part of their rejuvenative process because that's when a lot of things happen that are otherwise not occurring during our waking hours.
0: Would you agree that? Um, well, does everyone need the same amount of sleep? Um, I know you. It seems always seems like the president of the United States. Uh, <laughs> I go back in time. And they go. You know, I sleep four hours. I sleep six hours. Uh, I like to get my eight plus hours, which I usually do. How much sleep do you get? And do you think it's different for every person?
1: I think it is somewhat different, but there are some rules of thumb, you know, and and I'll tell you what, Steve, I can go over a couple of points that I think are particularly helpful as it relates to sleep. And, um, you know, this sort of what I would call sleep hygiene. So with respect to your question, you know, having a target is important. And I would say that the, the general rule of thumb is that healthy adults should really get between seven and nine hours of sleep per night. And I recognize that that's very difficult. But I would submit to you that achieving seven hours of sleep would be an admirable and not necessarily aspirational goal, okay, as far as the length of time. Right. Um, there's some other things that, that are, are relevant. You know, the other thing is, is exercise. Getting frequent exercise can help promote better sleep. Uh, but it's, some people say, well, I'm just going to exercise right before I go to bed and then I'll be tired. Uh, that doesn't always work. In fact, there's some recommendations out there that uh, suggest that it's best to avoid exercise in the hours. Uh, uh, it could in, be the opposite, other times. Right? Yeah, exactly. At times that are not just prior to sleep to, to prevent uh, disrupting your sleep cycle. Um, the environment is important. Um, you know, it's, and there's some people who really need white noise, they need a constant noise, they need complete quiet. I would tell you that in general, uh, even if you're someone who could fall asleep anywhere, you're better off trying to sleep in, in a quiet room. And if you, if there's other noise that's sort of uh, erratic in nature, then using a white noise, and I actually will use my phone sometimes, I have a built-in fan app that if I'm traveling and there, I need, you know, there's there's noise, ambient noise, I'll use the, the, the app to create white noise. So it's just some kind of constant subtle background noise that can, Drown out any you know other intrusive noises.
0: Go back. Uh, what is that? What is a fan app? I mean, is it's it, just is it makes it the... a
1: fan sound. It makes a fan sound. You know, that's and a white that relaxes noise. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't relax me. It just prevents that sort of. Uh, erratic uh, differences in in outside noise. I live in the city. Sometimes it can be really loud. There's sirens and things of that nature. And even if you can sleep through those things, that can be actually particularly disruptive to REM sleep. So white noise can actually prevent those distractions and support relaxation, and it can just avoid that, you know, something that's higher decibel level that would otherwise potentially wake you up.
0: Yeah, and it's a consistency. I'll tell you, I'll share something with my own family here. My wife and I and our two boys, um, boys are 17 and 14, uh, we have like a dehumidifier upstairs where, where we have the bedrooms, and it actually doesn't work, but it just makes a noise. It just makes a fan noise, and we put that on every single night, but it's consistent we all sleep through it, and it seems like something's missing if we don't have it. You know, yeah, that's that's so exactly that's what I'm what saying. That's
1: your white noise. That's exactly what I'm saying. So you've yeah, kind of already yeah. found it yourself. Lots of ways to do it. I have. We have a. You know, I use a fan in our room, but if I'm traveling, I use it on my on my phone. I think there's some other things, you know, Steve. Just having a good routine uh, is important. So establishing a routine, try to go to bed and wake up at a very similar time each day. Uh, I know some of my worst times in terms of how I felt physically when I was a resident and, t- and having call. I would be there were times I'd be up 24 to 36 hours, and then you get 12 hours of sleep or six hours of sleep to make up for it. In some instances, that would be that tough. So I think that having, um, if you're an individual who travels, those are some of the most difficult things. And we see that even in our NBA players when they're doing these different trips, they're in different time zones over the course of just a couple of days. So we really try to emphasize trying to get to bed at a very similar time biologically, uh, not the chronologic time of where you are, but you know what your body's used to and then waking up at the same time. It's not always practical if you're in business or you know we have other demands on you, but that's an ideal situation where we should be trying to go to bed and waking up at a very similar time each day.
0: Dr. So. Cole, uh, I want to take a quick uh, quick little break here um, just to uh, recognize some of our sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk about setting the right temperature and also prioritizing, prioritizing comforts. Okay, so let's get into that. But first, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is something you can't find anywhere else. The number one ranked orthopedic and spine care in Illinois. When it comes to diagnosing and addressing your pain, their team of orthopedic providers is focused on giving you the most effective treatments to help you feel and function better. Better. And with access to their orthopedic and spine experts conveniently located in six Chicagoland area locations, easier than ever to get you back to leading a full active life. Visit rushortho.com to learn more and to find a specialist. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more or sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. We're talking about the importance of sleep and some sleep tips, so how about setting the right temperature? Do you think that's... uh, That's important, Um, and I know men and women differ from this, and and it goes both ways. I mean, you know, some men don't like it when it's too cold. Uh, you think women don't like it when it's too cold, but it's really can be opposite as well, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty uh, gender non-specific, to be honest, Steve, but um, I would say the temperature in in our, in our your bedroom or where you're sleeping can absolutely affect sleep quality. And uh, the ideal temperature, and there's some science behind this, suggests that it's somewhere around 65 degrees. But I know there's gonna be a lot of personal preferences, but if you look at the biology of it, somewhere around 68, 65 degrees, knowing that our body temperatures are about 98.6, normally uh is a is a recommended temperature assuming that's tolerable for you but the problem is as you say people have different preferences and some like it you know much warmer and some are really good when it's cold i actually like it to be cold and use covers to keep me to keep me warmer
0: what's cold you like 65 degrees
1: i think 65 is cold for a lot of people Uh, i do too yeah so yes and you know being able to travel and you're in hotels you can always see what it is and for me, I'm like a 67 to 68 person, but there's some data that shows that sleeping with a little cooler temperatures is actually good.
0: See, my family makes fun of me because um, I'm a 72 guy. I yeah, uh, I, like I, it. Not... I like it warm. I don't like to sweat. I, I'll get uncomfortable. You never want to sweat, of course, but um, I don't like it freezing. I'm uncomfortable, and I've always had, um, you know, kind of actually into my older age now, I get them less frequently. I used to, to strep throat all the time. And when I slept comfortably in a warm atmosphere, it just helped me uh, breathe better. And, but my boys and my wife will take the 68, 67 degrees in a hotel room, and it gets very uncomfortable for me. Well, but I got to live one, through one,
1: it. One more reason you and I will never find ourselves in the same bed at the same time, okay? Sleep right, at 72 72 degrees. I could never
0: do that. Really? <laughs> it's not that bad. Not with his uh, heat going know. on you, but for just me. A, a nice, you know, 72 is a comfortable temperature. Yeah, and there's you know there's a
1: whole industry about you know comfort and mattresses and so forth. But what's really interesting is that um, they're going towards firmer mattresses now uh, for your back, right. uh, as being more ergonomic. Uh, I think you know basically making sure you're comfortable. And it sounds kind of silly and self evident, but making sure uh, your bed's comfortable, pillow's comfortable, that can make a positive difference in your overall quality of sleep. Um, you know there's another one Steve I don't know what you do but you, I have historically worked from bed I'll have my computer there and be working and so forth and um, there's a lot of data that says look you need to kind of shut it down yeah. and avoid that thats visual optical stimulation as well as the brain stimulation and really avoid working from bed and sort of keeping it separate distinct and you know maybe your your bed is sort of a sanctuary for, for sleep and relaxation and work should be done elsewhere uh, a lot of us are guilty of that is that something is that do you do a
0: lot of work while no, you're in bed? No I'll, I'll be in the office here uh, I need to be on the computer on my phone um, reading actually I never take anything to bed believe it or not bed is just for sleeping and I'm I'm most comfortable doing that so uh, the other thing dr. Cole uh, before we uh, sign off here uh, sleep apnea you know I mean that this is big for people I, I can't imagine how many people are undiagnosed with this right I mean you know they, they say they wake up in the middle of the night and they can't breathe and you know, why can't, why is my airway, you know, they don't recognize what they have. It happened to me and I had severe sleep apnea. So, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's it's something that, and people die die from it in the middle yeah. of the night. And it's yeah, horrible. It is, so it if you a, have those problems, yeah. get go to a sleep study, go talk to somebody because it is really critical for your life and your health.
1: Yeah, I would, you know, sleep apnea is unfortunately, free, goes frequently undiagnosed and it's not always in overweight people. Uh, it is amazing how people can walk around chronically fatigued. Uh, if you're sleeping with someone, they typically will know that you have sleeping problems in terms of snoring and waking up in the middle of the night, but it may never be pointed out to you, and it may just be something that's saying, well, you just snore. So I, I, would, uh, I think it's important, Steve, as you allude to, because it can help. It can have problems with cardiovascular health, blood pressure, and so forth, uh, as well as just chronic fatigue uh, due to the effects of sleep apnea where you're waking up periodically and you don't even know you're doing it. You never actually hit a REM cycle. So that's a that's a solid one. How did you treat your sleep apnea? Uh,
0: with CPAP, and I still uh, do. Still uh, I swear it? by it. I've got a CPAP machine now for twelve years, probably, and I can't even take a nap without it. It's comfortable and it's silent, so my wife is never bothered by it sleeping next to her. And um, if I'm in the room with with our boys, you know, in a hotel, you know, travel trip for sports or something, they don't hear it. So I, I know how to control it: turn it on, turn it off. You know, with a literally, a, you know, pressing a button. And um, I sleep very comfortable. I'm very happy I have it because I had some some rough nights before I did the sleep studies.
1: Yeah, well, it's glad you. I'm glad you picked that up. That's that's because uh, as I say, it often gets uh, it often gets missed,
0: you know. And I think there's another one
1: that I I have the trouble with is that if you're having trouble falling asleep, um, yeah, you sit there and just lay there and you keep trying, you keep trying, oh, you keep yeah. trying, you know. So you know if you're, I think a good rule of thumb is if you've tried for 20 minutes or so and it's just not, it's just not happening. Um, you know, potentially, you know, shut it down, get up, maybe do some type of relaxing activity like reading or meditating and then try it again. Uh, but just avoid, uh, stimulating activities, but looking at your phone, your computer, things like that. But if you have an extended period of time where it's just not happening, uh, it may be, uh, uh, you may be successful in just trying some relaxing activity like, you know, reading or meditating or something other just to change course, uh, to try to get over that hump.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 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 Good stuff. You know, the other, the other thing before we uh, sign off, I want to ask you about restless leg syndrome. What, what do you, what do you know about that? Because I get that sometimes and it's always at night and you're sitting there watching a ball game or something and your, your, your legs feel like they got, you know, worms in them or something. And you've got to just shake them and it's like, get, how can I get rid of this? And there's some home remedies out there, but are you familiar with that? And do you hear that at all?
1: Yeah, I I hear uh, a lot about it from uh, patients. you ever had Um, it? uh, I don't think so. Uh, There actually are some new medications to uh, assist with restless leg syndrome. Uh, There may be some uh, vitamins, vitamin D supplements have been shown. Uh, There's some association with nutrition and uh, maybe foods uh, that may be causing uh, or associated with it. Uh, even uh, magnesium uh, deficiency. So uh, I might a, get it once a month. Yeah, maybe yeah, twice there's a month. A number month, of factors. Just, we often know, will it, check people's electrolytes to make sure that's not a problem because that can be a, a, a very simple cause. Having, you know, uh, abnormal sodium or potassium levels. You know, I mean. So for people who don't know what it is, it's just this strong, irresistible urge to keep moving your legs, and it's like it's just a very uncomfortable sensation, and um, it, it just gets worse when you're resting or you're sitting here or you're lying down. Uh, but they're they're relieved easily with activities such as walking or stretching, and they tend to be worse at night than during the day. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So as I said, it goes away, and it might go away in 20 minutes. If I'm sleeping, I never really get it, but um, I've had it before, and it, it is uh, <laughs> aggravating, to say the least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dr. Cole, great stuff. We appreciate it. A final word from one of our sponsors. Warm weather is here. Time to get outside, enjoy your favorite activities, spend precious time with family and friends. Aches, pains, or an injury should not be part of the memories you're making. The therapists at Rush Physical Therapy are here for you with more than 60 locations throughout greater Chicagoland. Rush's clinical experts will get you back to life. Go to RushPT.com today to schedule an appointment not sure if physical therapy is right for you. Request a complimentary consultation and discover the power of Rush physical therapy today. Many thanks to our producer, he is Alex Soroka. We hope you enjoyed today's Sports Medicine Weekly episode. Be sure to add the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast to your playlist on Apple and Spotify. Listen in any time, any place. Subscribe to the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. New Sports Medicine Weekly podcasts are shared weekly on social media. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Dr. Brian Cole and Alex Soroka. I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sports Medicine Weekly.